0: all right you must know the drill by now how we do this uh show one second we set this down i'm using a book this series this this album so it's gonna be fun uh anyways you must know the drill by now when we do these episodes uh and if if you're new we basically just go over the stories behind the songs of the albums that the of old ones like Oh, old ones. <laughs> uh, this is a new album because we had just wrapped up a couple weeks ago the White Album, and I just have kind of not done the research that I've needed <laughs> to do other episodes. So this is the first one, first new episode in like three or four weeks. Um, so yeah, that's awesome. You gotta love it. Sometimes, maybe. I don't know. This episode... <laughs> Hey everybody, it's me, Anthony from All Those Years Ago, a classic album podcast. In this episode, um, we're starting another album. I don't know if it's gonna be two parts or three parts, um, but they're each gonna be like 20 minutes long because you know the attention spans sometimes range. Um so yeah, we're just gonna do this. It's gonna be fun. We're gonna have so much fun. <laughs> all right. Me trying to be cool. <laughs> cool, man. Uh so yeah, this week, this this time we're going to be doing A Hard Day is Night, the 1964 album made by, well, the Beatles because I know a lot more about the Beatles than I do about other bands and I want to be able to know a lot about other bands before I do those so I can give you the most accurate information that I could possibly get um, because, you know, it's that kind of podcast <laughs> where we want to have, like, good information good, correct information information. We're talking about A Hard Day's Night today. Uh, You might have heard The Hard Day's Night for the album or for the film, because it is also a 1964 film, Uh, and it might not surprise you that uh, the album was made for the film, which was the Beatles' first major motion picture, kind of. Um, And it's... The film, I'm going to talk about the film first because I bought it for $15 and I don't regret it a single bit. It's, of course, you know, 50, I don't know, 57 years old. I paid $15 for the 57 year old movie and I don't regret it a single bit because I watched it like once a month now. Uh, Don't worry, it's not an addiction. Um, So I'll talk about the film for a second. The film's like the only. A black and white Beatles film, unless you want to count the BBC released Magical Mystery Tour, which was the first way Magical Mystery Tour was released on BBC when they still had black and white camera. That um, was re really released on in color. So yeah, the film runs for just over an hour and twenty minutes, and it's basically shows you kind of like from the inside what Beatlemania is like or what the inside. And it kind of showed a lot of people like, you know, this isn't just a band who makes music. It's a band that also is kind of like other people because God dang, it's a comedy. (laughs) I still laugh at it. And I'm, I don't get the sixties jokes. A lot of these jokes I don't understand. However, there are some parts that I do understand It whether that's good or bad, we'll never know for sure. Um, Mm -hmm yeah and it was also also the, and then we're gonna talk about the album because <laughs> you know uh it was the first album which consisted of complete Beatles songs, which isn't super like which is i guess isn't super um what's the word for it uh so <laughs> I guess it's not super surprising because it is a film soundtrack. I know the A side's the film side and the B side's like the, you know, extra song side. That wasn't on the film. However, I don't think a lot of people do covers in their films, so it's good that this is, you know, completely completely Lennon, McCartney, and and Harrison. Um. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I haven't done one of these in a while, Let's take me a second. Um, so yeah, it was just completely all of them, and it was their third album, and it was released, um, about, it was, it was released <laughs> about, uh, you know, a year and a couple months after their first one. Uh, and this is when they're doing like, you know, two a- albums every year, you know, <laughs> there'd be three albums that could come out in a 365 day period. It was humongous. Um, so yeah, let's just get in, let's just get on to the album. Um, it just, is. Let's just, let's just, let's just give a turn with the album. <laughs> First song on the album is uh, first track on the first track on the album is uh, the title track "A Hard Day's Night," um, which was the only song written with the film in mind, Uh, and it also includes probably, maybe, arguably, but I think it is one of the most iconic chords in rock and roll history, which is the first chord of the song that goes. And then fades, and then the song comes in. It's the only time I think it's played in the song, and it is. It, it makes this song kind of unique in its own ways, uh, you know. Uh, and yeah, it, that's that's it. That's all. <laughs> and um, hard. If you didn't know, the name of "Hard Day's Night" was invented off of a Ringoism. A Ringoism is basically. A really funny, a, 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 a real like a funny mixture of words, is I'm going to call it, that Ringo makes up. Like tomorrow never knows. That's a that's an interesting that's an interesting one. <laughs> hard day's night. It's an interesting one. Uh, apparently, a hard day's night. The title of the song in the album and I guess the film was uh, when Ringo walked out of the studio and said, it's been a hard days. I look up the sky and said night. And then I, like, (laughs) you know, when you say something around that, like around Paul, John, you know, the primary songwriters, there's going to be some, (laughs) there's going to be some of that, um, just kind of in the crowd, just kind of like between them. Um, so yeah it's not super surprising that that became then um the title of the song the next song is what i may believe is one of those underrated beatles songs uh i should have known better um and i'm gonna read this directly from the book so <laughs> it's just a part no it's just the entire one i'll read like a paragraph uh, and it's apparently this is this is a John song, and it was very optimistic for one. Uh, and this is the quote released as the flip side of a hard day's night in America. I should have known better was the first song in the film and it was performed in a sequence for the Beatles and Paul's grandfather. Grandfather. <laughs> Who's that little old man? Very clean. <laughs> Played by Wilfred Bambel on a train and then ban- banished to the ma- mail van. They start playing cards, and several cuts later appear with guitars, harmonica, and drums. Um, although much of the filming took place on trains traveling between London and West Coast, I should have known better, was actually filmed on a set in Twickenham Film Studios, which you might know from later on, the Let It Be, where they filmed the first parts of Let It Be, and if you watched "Get back, the first you know episode and a half of that. Um, yeah, and the main premise is he loves her, she loves him, and everything is fine. And very optimistic for a John song. A third track on the album, LP. Uh, <laughs> why am I talking like this? Very clean. I'm going to make all that jokes because if you haven't seen the film, very clean is an ongoing thing in it. Uh, third track is If I Fell. Uh, it is one of the best songs on a hard day's night, in my opinion. In the film it was sang to Ringo, which was kind of... Uh, after, you know, he complained about his drums being touched. Uh, of course, it was probably in script that that was written. Um, but then it was just... It was kind of like he did that thing. And then all the Beatles were like, ah. <laughs> and then they did that number. Um, and this song is about an illicit relationship. Hopefully I said that right. Uh, he's... And then I'm going to also read this from the book. I'm going to read a lot of things from the book, and I'm always going to say that I am, because, you know, and I'll probably link it in the description on one of these episodes, like, where you could buy it if you wanted to. Anyways, to the book. Uh, let's see. God dang, I've lost it. Uh, and it was recorded on February 27th, 1964. Anyway, the quote um, is, he is asking the woman in question for an assurance that if he leaves his wife for her, that she'll love him more than he's ever been loved. Uh, by the other, you, other, uh, which you can hear during the song, um, and this kind of has a nice, you know, transition to uh, what would be referred to as Paul's first yesterday, uh, and I love her. <laughs> when I keep talking in British, I feel like it's a. I'm sorry, I just get this accent sometimes, you know. <laughs> God. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this song was basically just written about um, Paul's girlfriend at the time, Jane Asher. Uh, what is it? It's basically the premise of it. I don't want to bore you with details, but if you want to know, like, it's basically just written about, you know, Jane Asher who at the time, or who still is an uh, actor on stage, which is, and John said it was Paul's first yesterday. And Paul said it was the first song that he impressed himself with. Oh, that's cool. And, uh, again, from the book, the initial idea was to write a song with a title that began mid-sentence. Paul then wrote the verses and came to John for help with the middle eight. It didn't escape Paul's notice that almost a decade later, Perry Cubbo recorded a song titled And I Love You So. Uh, And people always change these up. And, like, you know, if a woman sings it, they always change the genders of these Beatles songs, uh, which I am not super surprised about. Um. It was the first Beatles track just to feature acoustic instruments because Ringo played bongos. In the film *A Hard Day's Night*, they are showing they're recording it for a TV show. Um, yeah. And the next song is uh, sung by George, but it was written by Lennon McCartney. Uh, and runs for about a minute and fifty-eight seconds, so not even a two-minute track. Um, but I get—I think this is another one of the underrated *Hard Day's Night* tracks, which is "I'm Happy Just to Dance with You." Um. And Paul and John wrote I'm Happy Just to Dance With You for George to sing in the film to give him a piece of the action. And it was filmed on stage at the Scala Theatre in Charlotte Street, London. As the youngest member of the Beatle, George was living in the shadow of Paul and John when he started writing his own songs. He was resentful that more of them weren't considered for the albums. And then John was equally hurt in 1980 when George published his biography, I Me mean Mine. I made no mention of John's influence on his songwriting. Paul has admitted that I'm Happy Just to Dance With You was a formula song. Um, yeah, I also read that just from the book, but, you know, you can get the same amount of information from the book than you can from me, you know, because, you know, to be completely fair, I'm giving a lot of information also from the book, and this is completely free podcasting, so. (laughs) Next song is Tell Me Why, which is a rocker, um, and it was written to provide an upbeat number for the concert sequence in Hard Day's Night, which is at the end of the film, um, before they get on the, before they get on the big heli copter, and then they, and then all those, uh, fake Beatles signed pi- pi- pictures, uh, fall out of them, <laughs> fall out of it, I find that, like, a funny scene, I thought it was money when I first watched it, but that's because I first watched it on a phone screen, uh, and it kind of looked like just cash, um, <sighs> So, yeah, let's tell you about Tell Me Why. Um, and I'll read this again from the book, and I'll always add my insight. Um, one second. Okay. Uh, t- so, it's typical John scenario. He has been lied to and deserted. He's crying. He feels, yeah. T- and he appeals to his well, um, to let him know what he's done wrong so he can put it right. Children whose parents either leave them or die suddenly are often left with the feeling that they must in some way be responsible. If there's something I have said or done, tell me what and I'll apologize, John's saying. Um, yeah. Not a whole bunch I know about Tell Me Why, but the next song I might know a minute, a, a thing or two about which is called Can't Buy Me Love, one of the other Paul songs from the album. And if I didn't mention earlier, this album is mainly, like, mainly John songs. There's, like, two or three Paul ones, and then the other ones are just dominated with, like, you know, primary John ones. Uh, but this is another one of the Paul ones, Can't Buy Me Love. Uh, and I think fe- I believe it was featured twice in the film, twice or three times, uh, when they escape through a fire exit And also when they get on the helicopter at the end of the movie Um, and I think it was also featured it was one of the only songs that was featured twice in the film I believe the other one was a hard days night itself Um, anyways this one (laughs) uh, and I'll read it again from the book Uh, In January 1964, the Beatles went to Paris for 18 days of concert at the Olympia F- thi- Theatre. Theater. They stayed at the five-star George V Hotel, just off the Champs elysees And an upright piano was moved into one of their suites so that the songwriting could continue. It was here that John Paul wrote One and One and One is One and One Is Two for, fe- for Fellow Liverpool group The Strangers. And Paul came up with Can't Buy Me Love with a new single Due in March. And When the news that "I Want to Hold Your Hand" has rocketed to the top of the American charts, there were no there was no time to waste. <clears throat> George Martin, who had come to the Pafé Marconi studios in Paris to record the newly written song, along with German languages of versions, German language versions of "She Loves You," She Liebt Dich," like and "I Want to Hold Your Hand," come give uh, uh, give mir deine Hand. Uh, If I didn't say that right, I'm sorry. I don't know German. (laughs) I'm just trying to... (laughs) uh, Made the suggestion, starting with the chorus. Although, She Loves You, I Wanna Be Your Man, Don't Bother Me, and All My Loving were used in A Hard Day's Night. Can't Buy Me Love was the only previously released song to be included on the soundtrack album. It was because it was pulled into the the film at the last stage to replace I'll Cry Instead, which director Dick Lester didn't think was right for the scene where the Beatles break out. Um, And I believe if I'm not wrong and do not, and if I'm wrong, you can email me at, I have a lot of emails, (laughs) I do have a lot of emails, Um, you can email me at m-u-v-i-e-n-u-z-e at gmail.com. It's very difficult to remember, um, but you know. Uh, But I believe the song religion, and I believe I already said this, but it started at the chorus, which was uh, Diamond Rings, you know. Um, And the idea to include the song title kind of repeating was a last-minute thing. Um, And again, I may be wrong about that, but I'm trying to do my best here. (laughs) Um, So yeah, Can't Buy Me Love was... uh, was uh, um yeah, <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say about it. Because that's all the book does say about it. Uh, and I might come back later with some more information on it because I do have the Paul McCartney lyrics book. I'm just too lazy to run out and get it. <laughs> uh, we'll go over one last song anytime at all. Um. and I'll, God, I don't want to read, keep reading them from the book, but there are some songs I know more about than others, uh, but here's a thing from the book. Uh, having written the songs which would f- be used in the film, the race was on to come up with a number for what would be the second side of the Soundcheck album. John was obviously the more prolific songwriter at the time, having written five of the seven songs in the film and going gone to write all but one of the tracks on the other side. So Paul wrote three tracks in all for this one. This had not been achieved without some difficulty. Anytime at all, Heidi later admitted was rewriting the earlier song, it won't be long, using the same chord progression from C to A minor and back. And when it came to recording, employing the same balling vocal style. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> kind of, bud. I I would go around and get my guitar, but for same reasons, I won't. <laughs> um... Uh, and then his early original draft of the song had t- was two verses longer, a third verse starting, I'll be waiting here all alone just like I've always done, but there was already enough words in the song, and neither of the additional verses advanced the story. In January 1964, he spoke about some of the changes in the songwriting techniques. If I found a new chord, I used to write a song around it. I thought that if there were a million chords... I'd never run out. Sometimes the chords got to be an obsession, and we started to put unnecessary ones in. We then decided to keep the song simple, and it's the best way. It might have sounded okay for us, but the extra chords wouldn't make other people like them any better. That's the way we've been doing it all along. There are only three other occasions when he claimed Beatles songs had been recycled. Yes, it is. He said it was a rewrite of this boy, a paperback writer, was son of Day Tripper, and Get Back was a... Pot boiler rewrites of Lady Madonna. Bet you didn't know that. You couldn't get off any podcasts. And we'll do a second part where we'll go over songs from Can't Buy I'll Cry Instead. We'll go over songs I can't, I'll, I'll Cry Instead. Uh, things we said today, When I Get Home, You Can't Do That, and I'll Be Back, which is good. <laughs> only have two parts of this one. Uh, so thank you so much for listening to this one. I know it's been a while, and I know that I read a lot from this book, but trust me, uh, this book has a lot of correct information. I don't want to give you a bunch of insight that I think may be wrong, so I only give you my information that I know may be right. Um, so yeah, uh, Sorry about that, but then again, you know, I'm pretty good at, you know, acting out a voice. <laughs> I've been podcasting for a couple of years now, so I have some experience in, <laughs> in that very specific thing. Uh, so, yeah, that's it for this episode, and we'll see you uh, in the next episode. If you didn't know already, we're having a live show on December 30th, 2021, because uh, it's almost 2022. It's almost 2022, yay! Uh, Sorry, my voice went super high-pitched for a second. I had to really reiterate what I was trying to say. Um, so, yeah, we got one December 30th, 3 p.m. PST. Again, if time or a date changes, I will announce it on here. I'll announce it wherever I possibly can so that everyone can know, like, hey, it changed. Or if it didn't change, awesome. And It'll be on twitch.tv slash That is twitch.tv slash Nime. A-M-A-T-H-E. I'll say that again because I accidentally added two extra letters. Uh, Twitch.tv slash N-I-M-E-A-M-A-T-H-E. Um, let's see, we got a merch, we got a shirt I got, I think you can buy. Um, and there might be one for, there might be an exclusive one for the live show that you can get. Um, but we got an all those years ago classic album podcast shirt. And I'm going to make sure I get the uh, URL right. Sorry, it's taking me a second because I'm trying to make sure I get this URL right. So you can get there and get the shirt if you want it. All right. So if you go to tinyurl.com slash simplecasts, that is all one word. And no, it's not the simplecasts you are thinking of. We're thinking of rebanding it because we didn't know there was an actual other simplecasts. Or we did. we just didn't know it was as popular as it was. Uh... <laughs> Uh, and you can go to the live shows tab and see more about it there. Um, I, have to, I have to fix it because it does say 33 p.m. PST on Twitch, which isn't a time. <laughs> um, but if you go to merch, I believe we have a shirt. Um, you can also get my other the other shirts that I made. But we have an Always Use Go Classic Album Podcast shirt, um, which is a cool swag shirt Um also, you can get shirts from my other shows, Five Friends and Siblings, uh, about, you know, an abundance of dads in a room, in a, it was a very specific room. A Five Friends logo shirt, keep on keeping on. Uh, skipped a few bears, ghost dog, rough, rough, rough. Uh, Five Friends, our mascot for 2021. a Spencer Spook shirt, a siblings shirt, a couple other Five Friends ones, There's some different variations. Um, and you can get all those at tinyrollcom simplecasts and you'll be able to navigate through live shows. You can also listen to this podcast on there. Um, and, yeah, that's it for this episode. And I'll be back next week, hopefully. Ciao.